The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia for this Thursday, June 1st in Hong Kong, Wednesday, May 31st in New York. And coming up today, some Fed officials are signaling a potential pause in interest rate hikes at the next meeting. NVIDIA CEO Jensen Huang plans to meet with tech executives in China despite rising U.S.-China tensions. And Dalian Wanda is said to be in talks with potential buyers for its Chinese payments unit. Both sides of the debt ceiling legislation say they have enough votes for it to pass tonight. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken says lines of communication need to be opened with China to talk about flybys. I'm Ed Baxter with Global News. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, the business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm Rashad Salamat. And I'm Brian Curtis. Here are the stories we're following today. Let's have a look at what's going on in the Federal Reserve. Of course, uh, attention really uh, certainly on their next meeting coming up with uh, some officials signaling that a potential pause in interest rate hikes could occur as early as June. Fed Governor Philip Jefferson saying he's inclined to keep interest rates steady at the Fed's next meeting. A decision to hold our policy rate constant at a coming meeting should not be interpreted to mean that we have reached the peak rate for this cycle. Indeed, skipping a rate hike at a coming meeting would allow the committee to see more data before making decisions about the extent of additional policy firming. Jefferson's comments were echoed, really, by others out there as well, including Philadelphia Fed President Patrick Harker. He said that the Fed would, uh, we should probably skip a rate hike at its upcoming policy meeting. Now, policymakers are carefully assessing how their tightening campaign is impacting the American economy. And the Fed said in its latest Beige Book survey today that uh, the U.S. economy showed signs of cooling in recent weeks as hiring and inflation eased slightly. Fed officials are meeting next on monetary policy on the 13th and 14th of June. And I mentioned that NVIDIA stock dropped. The leader of NVIDIA, Jensen Huang, heading to China to meet with other tech executives there. It comes despite rising tensions between Washington and Beijing. Bloomberg's Ann Cates has the story. NVIDIA CEO Jensen Wang will travel to China in June. Sources tell Bloomberg that companies on his itinerary include video game giant Tencent and TikTok owner ByteDance. NVIDIA is emerging as a critical player in artificial intelligence, but Biden administration sanctions prevent the semiconductor maker from selling its most advanced AI chipsets to Chinese customers. Apple's Tim Cook and billionaire Elon Musk are also courting China. In Washington, Ann Cates, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. 
All right, well, let's have a look now at uh, uh, Dalian Wonder, the Chinese conglomerate. It's said to be in talks with ByteDance and others for a potential sale of its payments division. Bloomberg's Joanne Wong has more from Hong Kong. Wonder is looking to sell its digital payments license for about 1 billion yuan, or $141 million. The payment license could provide data and access to a large number of users. But some prospective buyers said the price could be lower. ByteDance Douyin Group said at a preliminary talks about the deal. Wanda has been trying to raise cash and shore up its liquidity. That's because it may have to repay investors about 30 billion yuan if it fails to list its small operations this year. In Hong Kong, I'm Joanne Wong, Bloomberg Day Brigasia. Well, Toyota is looking to make a big splash with its first all-electric vehicle made in the United States. Bloomberg's Bonnie Ao has that story from Hong Kong. Toyota has announced plans to build a three-row sports utility vehicle. The electric SUV will use batteries from a new factory in North Carolina. Toyota is also investing an additional $2.1 billion into the battery factory. That will bring the company's total investment in the battery factory to $5.9 billion. The all-electric SUV will compete against similar vehicles from other leading companies. They include Tesla's Model X and Y and Rivian's R1S. Production of the new Toyota EV will start in 2025 in Kentucky. In Hong Kong, I'm Bonnie Albert. Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Right, let's get uh, the application uh, uh, specialist Salesforce providing a disappointing, disappointing outlook for future sales. The story coming from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. It raises concerns that its newfound focus on profit may hinder revenue growth. The software company projected 10% growth in contracted sales for the current quarter ending in July, falling short of analysts' average estimate of more than 11%. Salesforce also affirmed its fiscal year forecast that revenue will increase 10% to about $34.6 billion. Salesforce has had a tumultuous six months that included job cuts, executive departures, board director changes, and public pressure from multiple activist investors. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. All right, coming up on the program a little bit later this morning, I wanted to mention Salesforce is trading down pretty sharply in after hours, down about 6.6% here. Uh, it took a while for that to happen, uh, sort of fluctuated between positive and, and negative gains uh, right after that report. We'll take a closer look at markets with our guest this morning, a variety on tap for you, um, not least among them, William Curtain, Portfolio Manager at Milford Asset Management, Carol Pepper, always enjoy talking to her, and David Chow from uh, Invesco. That's kind Coming up in the first couple of hours of the show, it was a little bit of a tough day on Wall Street. And now with Salesforce trading down in after hours, coupled with what we saw from NVIDIA, maybe putting a little bit more pressure on one of the parts of the market that has really juiced up the animal spirits this year, tech. So that's something that we'll get to coming up. Now it's time for Global News. And there's this one, U.S. House leaders on both sides expressing some optimism that the debt ceiling bill will pass and it will happen tonight. Ed Baxter has global news from the 960 Newsroom in San Francisco. Yeah, Brian, you're right. Uh, It's more than uh, some optimism. It is just flat out optimism. The House has passed the procedural bill to allow debate, which is the next step. It's going on now. And Bloomberg Zach Cohen says Democrats stepped in to help Kevin McCarthy, which is a very interesting signal. These are usually procedural votes that are very party line, um, especially if the legislation is partisan. Um, and so the fact that some Democrats have to come in and basically give the votes to McCarthy to get the, the groundwork through in order to get the debt limit deal done, I think is a pretty good indication uh, that they're willing to bail him out when it comes to really important things. 
And McCarthy himself, well, he's working the phones and he's been working the hallways today of Congress trying to make sure that it has the votes to pass uh, his message. If I'm a member of Congress, I wouldn't want history to pass me by when I could do the biggest cut, when I could do work reforms for welfare. And his House Majority Whip, Tom Emmer, a Republican from Minnesota, says he's sure the votes are in hand. House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries says he has the committed votes to pass the legislation if Republicans follow suit. We continue to maintain that House Republicans need to keep their commitment to produce 150 votes. So after the seesaw, several of weeks, maybe months, the vote itself, although a moving target, is expected about 8.30 p.m. Wall Street time. China's actions in the air regarding close flybys against not only U.S. but other countries is growing. Now, this according to U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken. He says the, the latest one. Our planes were flying in international airspace on a routine mission. Uh, Chinese pilot took dangerous action in approaching the plane very, very closely. He says it very much points to the fact that lines of communication between the two nations is very much lacking now. Chinese pilot took dangerous action in approaching the plane very, very closely. There have been a series of these actions uh, directed um, not just at us, but uh, at other countries uh, in recent months. Now, the reports say reconnaissance plane had to fly through the wake of a Chinese fighter jet, which can, which can be a very dangerous situation. EU Commission President Ursula von der Leyen is uh, calling for a just peace in Ukraine and rejecting a ceasefire. A ceasefire would be inherently unstable and destabilize the region along the contact line. Nobody would invest or rebuild. And the conflict could flare up again at any time. She says a just peace must result in the withdrawal of Russian forces and equipment from Ukraine. Former Vice President U.S. Mike Pence will officially kick off his presidential run June 7th. He's been laying the groundwork now for over a year. And Bill Ackman, founder and CEO of Pershing Square Capital, says J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon should run for president in this election cycle. He says Diamond is a centrist who is pro-business and pro-free enterprise while also supportive of well-designed social programs. He says Diamond could beat either Joe Biden or Donald Trump. Now, Diamond actually opened himself up for this endorsement on Bloomberg Television saying, you know, I love my country and maybe one day I'll serve my country in one capacity or another, but I love what I do. I think J.P. Morgan do a great job for helping Americans, for helping countries around the world. Yeah, uh, so he uh, kind of, well, he hinted. Uh, he did say he loves J.P. Morgan's team and is happy where he is right now. Global News, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries in San Francisco. I'm Ed Baxter, and this is Bloomberg. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication. It's fortitude. And it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years. And it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. 
Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, Brian Curtis and Rashad Salamat. And our guest is William Curtain, Portfolio Manager at Milford Asset Management. So, William, we had a little bit of a crack in tech today. Uh, I mean, markets go up and down, so not such a big deal. But it's one of those things where you wonder whether or not investors would need to see some kind of broadening of the gains in the market to suggest that a, a bull run has started. There's a lot of negativity that have been supporting the bear position. And uh, chief among them is this is a pretty narrow market. Do you, do you see that as a possibility that tech could slip a little bit, but the market could broaden out? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of the, the stocks left behind in the recent rally um, in markets are uh, actually becoming increasingly better value. Uh, we actually have been um, trimming some of our mega cap holdings and adding to the various more mid cap holdings that represent better value. So certainly, yeah, the negative breadth is always a, a harbinger of um, uh, used as a technical harbinger of an imminent downturn, um, and, and that's certainly possible. But uh, we think there's probably just as big a possibility. You do see a, a cool off in some of the larger cap tech stocks who have driven this rally and actually a, a rotation to some extent back into the smaller mid cap companies. Uh, markets can kind of go a little bit lower or go sideways, um, but just the, the rotation within markets being the more important thing. Um, NVIDIA, I mean, this is really the one which uh, just sent all these AI-related stocks uh, soaring, some of the other chip stocks as well here. Uh, and really, the thing is, that it, you know, it was perhaps uh, a lot of froth developed, so we saw four 5% fall thereabouts. People took their money off the table, their gains. But, you know, AI, and I'm sure they'll be saying this, AI has a great, great future. In two years' time, we'll be saying, AI, it's got a great, great future. Um, exactly. I mean, it's, um, in our view, that the AI... Um, stocks, um, and well, most part of them are, are in a bubble. But that's not, it's not a, a really, you don't have to be a genius to make that comment. What what really is important is, is um, you know, is the bubble going to burst tomorrow or is it going to go um, a long time? Now, like all good bubbles, it's got the makings in something real. Um, this AI is real. It's going to eventually cause significant earnings uplifts for a, a lot of companies. Um, with technological change, it tends to be seven or eight for 10 years before companies actually make significant money on on a technological revolution. You look at internet and Amazon in 19, the late 1990s, it wasn't really until past 2010 that these businesses started to turn this internet revolution into money. Um, maybe the AI revolution uh, is a bit faster in that conversion, but it, it will take time for, for the vast majority of companies to turn this revolution into money. Now, what we have is share prices that have already capitalised a lot of these future earnings well off to the fact in a very, very uncertain environment. So um, it's just the usual way markets do. They tend to they price things in too quickly and often price them in too much. That means yeah. Uh, yeah, but, the gains but, but William, the future earnings are already in the share price. The, the valuations are pretty high on some of the defensive stocks that you like. No, that's right, and that's why within the funds um, we had been positioned very long um, defensives uh, earlier in the year, and um, had the market to an extent shifted uh, out of cyclicals into defensives um, and into technology stocks. We have actually sort of lightened positions in those sectors. 
and and instead would prefer to just hold more cash again and actually hold a bit of uh, credit, uh, you know, without too much interest interest rate duration. So we uh, we, we see that the backdrop is actually a time of actually being patient, um, keeping your capital intact at the moment, and, and cash or in, in low duration bonds is not a bad way to do that. Um, and waiting for that uh, for those for those fat pitches and those other opportunities, which we're sure of market movements over the next month or two will bring up more opportunities or better risk reward opportunities. Um, just when those opportunities come, you want to make sure that your capital's there and it's liquid and it's available. Um, very quickly here as well, William. I mean, you know, we, we've seen what's been happening with the data out of China. I mean, yesterday's PMI numbers really confirmed arguably a big slowdown in manufacturing. Got more uh, PMI numbers today. Uh, and you're saying you're seeing emerging opportunities in copper and resources. Surely the slowdown in China would put a kibosh on that. No, that, that's right. It, it's, it's, it's a contrarian trade. I mean, we we uh, always held the view that the China reopening, the China trade, that uh, that was um, in full swing in, in January and earlier this year, was going to be overblown and was going to disappoint. And that it was largely premised on the fact that we think that there really is structural downturns in Chinese property and Chinese old world infrastructure type investment that meant that the reflation in commodities like iron ore and copper and and others was was significantly overblown, but it, it, it took time for that to, to realise. We, despite having that view, we were participating on the long side on the China trade um, because it was clearly going to work for a while. But we faded that trade, removed a lot of our iron ore miner positions and, and uh, copper positions. Now the markets come around to the view, and the evidence and data of China is terrible that this China trade isn't on. Um, valuations in certain copper miners and resource companies are coming back to quite um, attractive long run. Level. So we're just beginning to dip our toe in the water and starting to um, pick up some copper miners. Okay. And the reason yeah. I signal on copper is, is copper will be the first metal people look to yeah. buy when they get excited about recoveries. Yeah. A contrarian call. William, thank you very much for joining us. William Curtain, Portfolio Manager at Milford Asset Management. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcast. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Rashad Salamat. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.